So obviously want to talk about the new EP and this pandemic craziness and get your opinion on a couple things. Um, besides music throughout this quarantine, have you done anything else? Have you developed any new hobbies? Uh, I, I know you've been working on a new Nespresso machine, but anything outside of that? <laughs> uh, other than my caffeine addiction uh, and feeding that, I've been uh, getting more into like uh, PC gaming and playing video games and stuff. And just kind of having fun with that. You know, working on computers, doing music stuff is, is fun. But then, you know, to kind of unwind, you can kind of game and give your brain and ears a little bit of a break. So You ha- definitely need that other gear, that other thing in your life. I think if it's music 24-7, you'll go crazy. Uh, I 100% agree. Speaking of the EP, want to learn all about it, the Timeless EP, and a really cool uh, game plan that you guys have set forth. We'll get new of Mice and Men music throughout the year. going to do a total of three EPs throughout the year. Uh, yeah, that's the plan, at least. So there's three plans, so, and uh, potentially more, but... Is each EP going to be like three songs and evenly spread out over three or four months? And is all the recording done, or are you kind of doing it piecemeal? Most of the recording is done. Um, the plan is kind of fluid and flexible, which has been really nice. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of up to us and up to the label when we're going to drop stuff. But it's been kind of cool. You know, we, we just partnered up with Sharptone for this release after releasing uh, six albums on Rise Records. And we love the Rise guys. But, you know, like to, to kind of do something a little bit different, we partnered up with Sharptone. And uh, it's been really cool because we do have a situation where we are allowed to be a little bit fluid with whether or not we're going to be rigid with our release schedule and whatnot. It's great that they're open, and I imagine after a while, too, like you want to date the new chick on the corner and, and having a new uh, exciting team behind you as well with the change of labels. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think after a while, it's kind of nice to do something a little bit creatively different, you know? I like this whole theory of dropping music throughout the year. I'm curious, though, I don't know if I'm geeking out too hard, but it's like each EP going to combine for one album? Is there going to be any like combining artwork or like any origami figures you can make with the album covers or anything crazy like that? Have you taken it that far yet? I don't want to give too much of it away because then we won't have anything to talk about (laughs) down the road. Uh, But yeah, no, it it will all eventually tie into something bigger. But again, you know, that's, that's kind of yet to be determined as we're still, you know, in the process of creating some of it, finishing up a bunch of it and, uh, you know, just kind of playing it by ear. The one thing I haven't seen throughout all the new music is who are you working with on this album? Uh, we've been doing it entirely ourselves. So we've been, uh, just self-producing, getting together and writing over zoom. Uh, we're all like pretty proficient in our recording software and whatnot. So everybody engineers their own parts and then they send them to me and I track, uh, vocals and bass and then i mix and master it so wow it's, it's done and it's done entirely in-house with our uh with our band so you're the producer really of the album uh, i'm the mixer and master mixing engineer and mastering engineer i guess technically uh but no like we as a band are all self-producing so as far as like songwriting sound textures things like that like it's, it's very much a collaborative effort I always thought the point of a producer was to kind of settle fights, and especially with the four-man band, who who do you turn to? Management, maybe? If you're locked at a stalemate on something, whether it's adding another triangle in this part or whatever the case may be, who's that tiebreaker then? Uh, you know what's funny is we don't really argue that much. I think we have very similar tastes with just everything, so I don't really think that there, there, there never has in the studio been too much arguing, and we're very much of the ethos and MO that, if you don't like an idea, then come with a different idea and then everyone will compare the two and we'll 
pick which one we like better. Everything we do is like really democratic, but for the most part, we have we don't really have competing tastes or interests with regards to songwriting. So we're able to just kind of vibe on what excites everybody. I like that, though. You don't like this idea? Come up with something better. Then. Yeah, I mean, it, it ends up being more productive. Sometimes it's easy. I mean, it's, it's, it's not sometimes. It's all the time it's easier to compare two ideas than to just say, well, I don't like it and I don't know why. Or I don't like it and I want to change it, but I don't know what I want to change it to. It's like, okay, well, when you figure it out, let us know. <laughs> We've been doing this together for so long that it's just it's a very, very symbiotic working relationship, aside from the fact that we're all best friends. But yeah, so it's been fun. It's been, a, it's been an interesting challenge doing it over Zoom versus doing it in person. But the way that we would kind of work in person is not too different from the way that we would work over Zoom, where it's kind of centric around one person's rig and we're all kind of contributing ideas. I imagine that makes it uh, go a lot quicker, too. Like, you, everyone knows their mission. You can go off and work in your four corners and then come back together again. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's, a, that's another thing we do, too, is we, we do a lot of work independently, too, and then we'll all throw them in a Dropbox and listen to everybody else's ideas, and we'll talk about what excites us. And it's, it's, uh, maybe that's not as rock and roll as, like, hearing <laughs> Guns N' Roses fighting for years in the studio. <laughs> and it's a fun thing for us to create music, so there's not a lot of stress in any regard. I want to talk a little bit about uh, lyrics. Yeah, I'd interviewed uh, Rob Halford recently. He put out his autobiography, and I was happy to see in there that he uses a, a thesaurus constantly. And I use that even for what I do on the radio side of things, but curious if you use a thesaurus for writing lyrics. Oh, I use that. I use a, I use a website called RhymeZone, which has uh-huh. like a built-in thesaurus. It's built-in rhymes. At least the English language, I think most human languages, it's very, very expansive. And it's really easy to miss words that you would normally use that you don't really think about when you're trying to think of words. So, yeah, I use that. I use the dictionary. I mean, because lyric writing to me is kind of like puzzle solving. So it's like whatever helps kind of solve the puzzle. Do you do a lot of reading, too? I know a lot of singers do a lot of reading, and I, I, for the life of me, can't sit down and read a whole book, but curious if, if you're a big reader. Uh, not lots. Not books, primarily. I like poetry, and I like uh, like articles and like research stuff, but I'm not like, I, I don't really just sit down and read books. I have ADHD, so it, it doesn't really jive well <laughs> with, <laughs> with the way that my brain is hardwired. For lyrics for you, does it have to be topic-driven or or experience-driven or a little bit of both, or how does that work for you? It can be a little bit of both. I mean, I think it's always experience, but sometimes it's not necessarily told through my eyes, but maybe through a story or um, through another kind of narrative. But it's kind of a combination of both, I think. I, I think it's impossible to touch on anything that is emotionally honest and not have it come from a place like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know we're all dying to get back to live music and live concerts, and obviously that not happening now, but uh, curious with the EP release coming, is there a live stream coming? Um, There's nothing planned yet. We've talked about that and how I think all of us have sort of a love-hate relationship with the idea of doing a live stream. Mm-hmm. We would all absolutely love for live music to come back because I think a lot of it has to do with that energy and that sort of conversation between the artist and the audience. And I think that some of that is lost in live streams. As of now, there's nothing planned, but, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to learn to never say never. <laughs> what about a live album? What about a Live of Mice and Men album at some point? Uh, we have the Live at Brixton, which is from like 
several years ago. I think that's maybe 2014 or 2015. Uh, yeah, no, it would be really cool to do something live in the future once live music is a thing again. We, we tend to record a fair amount of our performances just to kind of go over them when we're on tour, especially towards the beginning of it, uh, just to kind of tighten everything up. So I've been missing live music just as much as you and trying to sneak in a bunch of live tunes on the radio. Curious, do you have a favorite live album? Oh, man. Uh, man, I think, you know what? It might be the Pantera live album. The 100 Proof, 101 Proof? Yeah, yeah, it might be that one. Yeah, because the energy in that's just so good. Um, I really love A Perfect Circle at Red Rocks. I think that's fantastic, too. There's so many of them. I don't know if, I don't know if Pink Floyd ever put out the uh, Live at Pompeii as an album, but that's, like, fantastic if you've... If you've seen that i, I yeah um, i remember that one they've had a couple great live albums oh yeah um no and you know what i think all of those kind of exist on such a different level than what it would mean to create a live album in 2021 without a live audience <laughs> yeah no certainly certainly you need that that live audience i mean just the roar of the crowd just playing the so- live songs on the radio it started to get goosebumps you know just hearing that crowd and the, you can feel the energy ramp up, you know, as the band's taking the stage or the song kicks in or whatever it may be. But definitely missing live music. And speaking of the live stage, it's been a while since I've seen you guys live, but I remember seeing some video footage of someone else playing bass. Is there now a bass player for live show and you just singing or has that been? Yeah. So, so when I had to have surgery on my back in 2019, that was something that we kind of started doing. Uh, because the first two weeks after my surgery, I was allowed to go back out on tour, uh, but I wasn't allowed to play bass. I wasn't like cleared for that. And so rather than canceling more of the shows, um, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just front for a little bit and then we'll go back to it if, if, you know, once I'm ready. But I think the reaction of those shows, once I was finally cleared to go back to it, we all kind of discussed it and we were like, let's just get our homie Rod from, uh, from the band Volumes. He's such an incredible musician and a great dude. So we were like, let's get him, uh, to come out and play live with us. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun having him out. So just for the live show though, right on the album, it's all you playing bass. Um, yeah, for these three songs, it is for some of the ones in the, in the future, I'm playing bass on some of them, some of the other guys. That's another thing we do too, is like a lot of times we'll switch instruments. We're very much about like just efficiency and whatever is best for the song. So a lot of times, like if, if I'll write a song, you know, I'll track guitars for it and I'll track bass. And if the other guys write songs, you know, they'll track stuff for that too. So there's a fair amount of collaboration on everything. I'd have to like make a list <laughs> to start to, to accurately go through who did what on everything. But um, no, that's kind of the beauty of it. And that's the fun of it. Yeah, that's great. If everyone's multi-talented and, and can play bass and guitar and do you play drums too or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not great. I can definitely like program drum parts and come up with ideas. But as far as like sitting down behind a kit and making my body actually do that, like, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> You know, I, I was just thinking about uh, this. I just kind of had this revelation and you being an Orange County band and having gone through what you went through as far as coming out from being the, the just the bassist to part-time singer to full-time singer, kind of exactly what a tray you are going through now. Have you talked to those guys recently? Uh, I haven't actually talked to them in a while, which is funny because I feel like being in Huntington, we used to kind of see each other more frequently no, you know, I, I think um, for us, it's really just, I don't know, maybe we just are so myopically involved in whatever we're doing that we don't really think about things like that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I 
leave that for radio nerds like myself. But I was just going, wow, you know, that's, you know, bass player stepping up, doing the screaming now. I mean, it's a little bit different with Brandon coming up from behind the drums, but kind of the, the same idea of going from five to four. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times with uh, musicians, you work together for so long that when there's, you know, going from five to four necessarily isn't the end of the world not to be dismissive of anybody that's gone or whatnot you know for every band has a unique situation i think but like you know for us being the musical unit you know for the past eight years going from five to four wasn't a drastic difference because when it came time to writing music uh you know writing lyrics is something that uh always comes after the music anyway so Mm -hmm. i think just kind of you know it's not terribly different of a process which also allows that to then be somewhat of a therapeutic tool that we can go back to and just say oh i'm gonna go and make some music you know because it's comforting it's what i know and speaking of making music and uh apologize for just kind of learning about this recently but what can you tell me about jamie's elsewhere that was the band i was in before of mice you know we had initially talked about doing a 10-year anniversary show for our album they said a storm was coming which we released in 2010 um but obviously because of the pandemic that couldn't happen but because of having you know more time you know having more time at home it's it's allowed us more time to get together and to actually write and to you know just just create because there isn't that whole other side of it you know the live entertaining side of it so is that is that going to be something that you're going to continue on or just kind of this anniversary look back kind of thing um no we, we've been creating new music you know me i'm in a band you know i'm in of mice and um matt the guitar player is also in a band called cemetery sun so you know everybody's got different projects going on and stuff so it's it's been fun because it's something that we can all kind of do on the side from everything and it's we're independent right now and everything's just kind of very much on our own time and it's been nice Awesome. Well, I look forward to checking that out. One of the last couple of things I have for you, Aaron. I start off my show, we're one of those old school radio stations that still does mandatory Metallica. And I feel like that's Love a band it. that sometimes gets overlooked, but I wanted to peel back the uh, Metallica fandom from you. Where were you when you discovered them? Have you ever shared a stage with them? Your thoughts about Metallica? Oh, man. I was a young kid. My neighbor used to listen to Metallica, and that's how I first uh, discovered them. He had a big old Metallica wall flag, and I was like, that's cool. I want to know what that is. (laughs) That was in the 90s. That was in the early 90s. And yeah, you know, we played with Metallica at Rock in Rio. I'm trying to think of what year that was. That might have been 2015. But yeah, such a fantastic band. Really nice guys. Uh, We got to, you know, oh no, you know, we've we've actually played a uh, Soundwave with them. One of the first years that I did Soundwave with the band, we actually uh, played with Metallica. And Australia. they threw a barbecue for everybody on the first night, and they were just out hanging around. That's rad. Yeah, very cool. Very cool guys. Do you have a uh, Metallica song we should play for Mandatory Metallica? Do you have a favorite Metallica song? Oh, man. I'm going to have to say uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's the all-time A number one greatest Metallica song. It's just, I mean, you can't go wrong with it, right? If somebody was like, where should I start? What's the first song I should listen to? That, would, that might be one of the first songs I show them. Beautiful, Aaron. Thank you so much for the time and can't wait for all this new music we're going to get in the, in the year. And Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for playing the new tunes and for, uh, for being supportive of the band. And uh, I'll be back to talk about the next one when we've got the next one. I'll be right here waiting to talk to you. Thank you so much, Aaron. All righty. You have a good one, okay? You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Good night. 
Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.